Hello, healthy people. I hope uh, this finds you well. Uh, my name's James Duncan, and this is the Seek Health Check-In. I am the National Health Care Leader for Seek, uh, and I manage a team of uh, three extraordinary people. Um, and together we make, we make up the Seek Healthcare team, which was born in 2018, uh, and it was created due to Australia's sustained need to grow its healthcare workforce. And I guess with that came the industry-specific challenges around talent acquisition in that area. Uh, so Seek put the team together to try and help organisations within that area make better decisions, you know, in talent attraction and doing that via uh, Seek Data and Insights. Um, so we've been doing that for the last couple of years. Um, and just to give it some context, I guess, uh, the healthcare team manages 180 uh, of Australia's largest healthcare providers. Uh, so that's right from, from public health uh, over to large private health, um, the big aged care providers, the big disability care providers. And wrapped up through that, obviously, is, is all the allied health and physio, physio, dental, optical, all those, all those kind of things. So we're lucky enough to have daily conversations with workforce leaders from these organisations. And, and while we'll, we'll deliver some of the data and insights on the supply and demand of the workforce, they, they provide a lot of great insight from, from the coalface, if you like, from what's happening within the industry. Um, so taking all this, all this content in uh, that Seam and I, every week we try and put together a few insights each, three insights each generally, uh, that leads us to a bit of a discussion on what's happening within the industry. Uh, and when we sort of weigh up the different data sets and the different insights from the clients, we're really trying to get to the bottom of what, do we need any more data or where do we go to get it or what clients could help each other make better decisions. So the Seek Health check-in was really created to, to share that discussion around those insights to a broader audience. Um, so we hope that, you know, our discussions and our insights will, will reach people leaders out there and help them make better decisions uh, for their organisation. And, and really at the end of the day to help um, you find the right person for the right role quicker, really. That's what Seek's all about. Um, so yeah, that's us as a, as a team and what we do and, and why we're here. First of all, we're gonna have a bit of a chat around the employment marketplace as it stands at the moment, the Seek Employment Snapshot came out, I think yesterday or the day before, uh, some industry, interesting numbers in that snapshot. Probably one of the, the big ones there is, uh, you know, from the lows in April of 70% of ad volume down in April from the pre-COVID measure. Um, we're, we're back up to 30% down or 33% down, I think. Uh, that has flatlined the last couple of weeks uh, with Victoria, with what's happening in Victoria. Uh, but without further ado, I guess I'll, um, I'll bounce off the team. They've had a look through the snapshot and um, they've sort of, hopefully, <laughs> they've had to think about, you know, what, what, it's, what it means to them and they can provide a little bit of analysis around what they see. Uh, I'll throw to you, Cara, and um, off we go. Cool. Thanks, James. Um, jumping straight into, I guess, the insight that came out of the employment trends um, this week was that since the reintroduction of restrictions in metropolitan Melbourne, uh, we have seen a decline in job ads, but this hasn't been as severe as it was in March and April. Um, so I guess we're taking from that the fact that advertising volumes haven't declined as much during the second round of restrictions. It's a bit of a testament to the resilience of and adaptability of business owners who are being innovative and trying to find new ways to operate. Um, we're assuming tools like Zoom, Teams and that kind of thing are, are playing a part in this. 
but also maybe people feel a bit more prepared um, with this second wave and maybe also government stimuluses that have come in like JobKeeper, meaning that they can keep their current staff and they're not too worried about having to pay their current staff and they can sort of use any extra money they have to bring on new people. Oh, I've got a comment on that, um, Cara. Hi, everyone. Matt here from New South Wales. Um, yeah, just on the, on the, the job seeker. Um, I was talking to a customer yesterday in disability services and they'd actually mentioned they're struggling in some part to find support workers because, um, and certainly some of those lower level type roles, because the candidates are actually better off and getting paid more by not working. So that's presented a real challenge and obviously it's not going to go on for that long, but um, certainly something I thought was worth sharing. It's been interesting to see this shift from industries to healthcare to aged care to care services particularly from the likes of retail and hospitality um, so and that's actually been at both ends of the scale it's been from support worker level so those individuals with transferable skill sets that perhaps never thought about care as, as, as a career path previously um, and have sort of almost to an extent been forced to to look further afield given what's happening in their industries but also at the senior end um, you know, we, I've definitely heard from quite a few customers that that senior end people from shared services type roles, so you think marketing, you think sales, think finance, have, have become a lot more willing to consider care services and a lot more flexible in terms of what they're expecting in terms of salary and benefits and incentive, etc. And on the flip side of that, um, Certainly, it's it's, uh, it's early days, but but those care organisations have really started to benefit from a broader commercial experience. So those people who've come from different industries um, and bringing different skill sets and different levels of experience. And as um, as one of my customers is fond of saying, it's you know we're we're not for profit, but we're also not for loss, and that definitely definitely plays a part in 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 that uh, in that shift. Yeah, I wonder how much because we talk a lot about that, especially in hospital settings. Um, any, I guess anything that's government funded or, or mandated, right? So I guess the shared services component of aged care, healthcare, community services. The skill set really largely is in corporate Australia, right? We want people who have come from corporate but can't compete with salary um, and sometimes can't even compete with culture, right? So, so how do we get people into those? I wonder if this may, may help trigger that, may help people that have been displaced out of their roles in corporate Australia might be more inclined to consider a public health setting, an aged care setting where they might be getting paid less. Let's, let's get paid a little bit less or get paid nothing. I hope it helps that. I think they are. And I think it's, it's perceived as a bit of a, a safer long-term option. I mean, clearly aged care and healthcare, it's not going anywhere. It's a, it's a fairly robust and future-proofed industry. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I've heard probably for the last three years for those probably the lower end roles that, that perhaps work in retail hospitality that have those customer facing those, I suppose, those kind of care um, aspects to their personalities. Um, a lot of the time, it's just they're not even aware of, of that as a career path. It's like they've always looked for hospitality roles. They've always looked for retail roles. So there's no reason for them to even be aware of what else there is out there and I think this has forced that issue a little bit but I definitely feel there's an opportunity for the care services industry perhaps to educate those candidates and, and, and perhaps and perhaps I suppose have a broader 
connection piece with with the market as a whole around what they represent as an industry and what's great about career and care service because i think right right now it's it's all very covid19 related and you know there's perhaps a bit of a, a negative cloud over a lot of a lot of these conversations but i think there's so many positive things about working in care services that i think it's you know it might be a good opportunity to talk through those a bit more a bit more broadly yeah absolutely i think hopefully through this podcast um or whatever this is, podcast. I'm not up with the terminology just yet. Cast. Uh, Healthcast. 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 <laughs> we can pull that apart a bit because it's definitely a conversation that comes up over and over again. Um, if I dig down now into where the more the demand, so the job ad volume that's coming through Seek, um, it's interesting when I got a 12 month sort of year on year look, um, community services and development, that industry is up, actually up 2% year on year at this point in time, which is given what's happening in COVID where you look at some of the other industries um, at the other end, or you even look at healthcare, you look at healthcare and medical, that's down 7% year on year. It just gives you some insight into what's happening in the market overall on demand. But what I find interesting, we're chatting around Canada supply being up. You know, if you think about market dynamics, you would naturally think that that demand, so job ad, would be down because your candidate volume's up. So why why do you think there's so many ads on the market within community services and development at the moment if they're getting flooded with candidates? Kyle, do you want to? Oh. Yeah, it's, I, I looked into this in carer roles um, and then I guess more broadly as well. Funding is changing. So a lot of the community service organisations where they rely on funding, right, they, they run a program because they're funded to run the program, um, is shifting. and. A lot of the conversation I'm having recently is that there's uncertainty around what programs will be run this financial year. So the budgeting process seemed to be a lot harder this year for the community service organisations that I'm speaking with um, because they didn't know what programs were going to be or what programs are going to be remodelled. Therefore, their funding was going to be remodelled. So I was interested to see that it's up year on year um, in, in community services. I, I think as a subclassification, what might be carrying that is those um, carers and, um, and, and outreach kind of roles, so social worker, case manager kind of roles, where that ongoing need is there. Think about something bigger. Like we've also now, they've announced a Deputy Chief Medical Officer for Mental Health for Australia. Like that's a, it's a big initiative that I think will continue to grow case management social worker type roles in the community. Um, I, I don't know if, if that's, if the response, this growth in ads right now is a response to that. There's no program has been announced just yet, but there's, an, there's an, an obvious and acknowledged need for better mental health supporting communities, um, regional, remote and metro, that I, I think is driving, driving that need to have the talent come in. Interestingly, the, the subclassification ageing and disability support, so that sits underneath community services, year on year, that ad, ad growth is 17% up. Um, and I think I'd be just interested in your thoughts, Kyle and Clara, that my sense is that there's a bit of contingency planning that's been going on where, particularly in New South Wales, where we've seen what's, what's happening in, in Victoria. And it's like, almost like, let's, let's prepare for the worst and let's get talent pools happening let's get people screened and and ready to go in the eventuality that that things do escalate and, and get worse and obviously to, to build up those talent pools you need to the easiest way is to, to post job ads and i think that's that's what's what's been happening i don't know what do you think cara 
Yeah, oh, look, I think a lot of it would be about contingency planning, but the other thing could also have to do with trying to remove the employee, trying to remove the casual workforce from agencies and get them on permanently to reduce the risk of, you know, transmission and that kind of thing. Um, I also had a really interesting conversation this morning with an aged care provider around the types of people that they're hiring for those kind of roles. And she was saying that, that she's finding that she's hiring more nurses into those care worker positions because they're less scared about infection control. Um, she's finding that the international student nurses um, aren't getting work elsewhere and they're really grateful for the work. Um, they do cost a little bit more, but she said she feels like it's worth the cost and that, you know, she was trying to broaden her search for those kind of, she said that even they're doing responsibilities like housekeeping and cleaning and that kind of thing because the cleaners are scared to work in aged care um, homes at the moment because of the outbreak. So, yeah, that was a not not exactly answering your question, but maybe just a little bit more. <laughs> no, it's really interesting. I, I, just out of interest, how does that work from a visa perspective? I actually, I'm assuming they already have visas we didn't go into the yeah, yeah i think limited hours they can work or something yeah. i think though I don't, i'm not sure as well car i was in the meeting as well with car and i mean I, i'm assuming they're on student visas but she was of the mind that um that they would get residency off the back of this um that that, that was so compelling they'd be so short um yeah that that the long-term prospect is pretty daunting and that these these student nurses would would international student learners would get residency. It's really interesting, Cara, that point about um, nurses applying. In the, in the first instance, they're actually applying for carer roles, right? Ex-nurses. And, and there seems to be, in my impression, uh, an explosion of nurses on the market all of a sudden, right? Like COVID struck and retired nurses, part-time nurses, dormant nurses who aren't working have come out of the woodwork. <laughs> like, where were you a year ago? But I looked into the... Um, so to give you context across the whole um, seat market, um, so compared to February this year, Western Australia is nearly almost back at normal ad volume levels. They're at 89% of ad volume levels. South Australia is at 88%. Queensland's at 83%. Northern Territory's at 82%. Tasmania's at 82%. Um, ACT, New South Wales at 65 and Victoria is still only at 50% of the ad volume that it was pre-COVID. And so I kind of had a look into what um, the situation was in aged care nurses. And this is qualified nurses, so ENs, RNs at all different grades. We're at double the candidate availability of aged care nurses that we were three years ago. The demand though has actually gone backwards um, and the trend has kind of surpassed, they've swapped. So for the last seven years, I think it is, or five to seven years, there's always been a delta where there's more demand than supply of aged care nurses. And since the start of January this year, we have completely flipped that. The trend has swapped and now we're at an all-time high of, you know, last three years nearly that we're at the same level of, of supply growth um, of aged care nurses across Australia. That to me is pretty astounding at the moment. And if demand is low and supply is high of aged care nurses, there's no surprise that they are applying and taking roles as carers in aged care situations. And I'm glad that, that the providers are able, able to come to the party. I went and had a look at then carers as well. And I mentioned before that Perth or WA, SA and Queensland were leading the way in terms of getting the recovery of job ads back pre-COVID. 
um, that's exactly the same in aged care um, or carers, you know, disability and aged care carers. Um, they're the top three states that have, um, that have got um, the highest supply of candidates and the demand is, is there as well. Victoria and New South Wales, there's plenty of demand, but less supply of carers, um, unsurprisingly. Um, but uh, it, 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 as, a, as a subsection of roles, carers in Australia are, are lining up the same as, as the rest of the country in terms of recovery of job and demand there. But that's a really interesting stat. I, I hope people, hope organisations can afford to and can put something in place to take advantage of having qualified nurses and experienced nurses come into the aged care sector as a carer and then grow that career development out because... I always, for the last six years at SEEK, I've been talking about how do we get more nurses to join aged care as an industry. I'm touching this table. I'm on, I'm touching wood, but that that's um that's gonna what is what's gonna happen. You know, and look, who knows how these how this data will play out in the next few weeks and months, given what's happening in Vic. But you know, I was reading an article this morning about nurses on the front line being completely overworked and overwhelmed. It almost seems, yeah, counterintuitive that there's, you know, there's nurses that are moving to care services and, and out of frontline healthcare. And I wonder if that's to do with maybe a perceived lesser risk. Yeah, like I, I it actually, when that client said that this morning, it reminded me of the initial phase um, when this all kicked off, like back in April. There was this, again, as we, I think you mentioned it before, Kyle, all these nurses came out of the woodwork. And then I had one sort of large client say that, that they felt or they had feedback from a lot of these nurses coming out of the frontline setting out of fear of getting COVID. So it's kind of, again, it's, it's counterintuitive because that initial thing was like, right, they're getting out of the frontline setting again. So they didn't want exposure to COVID for their friends, family, whatever. But then that client this morning, you know, talking about some, you know, you know nurses coming in and, and not, you know, inexperienced nurses, recently grad nurses, mind you. Um, but, you know, they're coming in, and there's no fear of them getting COVID. So that, I felt that was quite interesting. Just looking at the salary data for nursing within aged care as well, Queensland's declining by 8% year on year. Um, it's New South Wales, it's growing 1%, South Australia 2%, WA 1%, Victoria down 4% as well. So I guess that also speaks to if the, if the candidates are there and they're available, they don't have to pay them as much. To pick up on that point about salaries, I think that because there's less competition in market, there's there's potentially um, less variance in how people choose or companies choose to display salaries. So I think that potentially might have an effect on on bringing it down a little bit, particularly around New South Wales, when you can see there's there's only that one percent variable. But um, yeah, thought it just a, a point worth worth uh, worth mentioning. Um, all right, team. Uh, thanks for that. It's there's a lot there not to get through. Um, I'd love to get into allied health and maybe we can do that next time. But really, it's all we've got time for today. Um, for the listeners out there, I hope, hope you, you, you picked up something and some insight. You've got any thoughts or feedback, please don't hesitate in letting us know. Uh, we're always looking to improve and get better and, and, and sort of answer questions. Um, really thankful for everyone, uh, Kyle, Matt and Cara, as always, the extraordinary people that you are. Um, thanks for your insight and knowledge on the industries. Um, but that's it. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, until next time.